Hello there, listener. Yes, you specifically. You should know that sometimes, due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode descriptions for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this podcast is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content, so if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement, because we are going down with these ships. Okay, so I had this, this popped up in my head, like, I don't know, I don't know what I was doing, but it just happened. Mm-hmm. So if Arthur was going to give Lucius a birthday gift, what yeah. do you think, what do you think he would give him? <laughs> oh my God. Um, what a question to ask me on the spot. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I know. I just thought about this. So I was like, okay, so for me, I'm like. Would he, like, say that they were boyfriends or whatever? And so then he yeah. visits him at Malfoy Manor for somehow he gets allowed into that place. Um, but <laughs> yeah. he's like, man, this place is really dark and dingy. I could see him giving him a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, and a muggle one. Yeah. Not even anything magical about it. Oh, but yeah, just a muggle flashlight. And him being like, uh, Arthur, I can do Lumos. It's like, oh, but we're still underage. You can't use it at home. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And full on, like, explaining to Lucius what batteries are. Yes. And, yes. you know, and, and having the, the fangasm about that. You know. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that yeah. was, I don't know why. I was like, oh, he would give him a flashlight for some reason. See, I uh... thought you I thought you were going to say he was going to give him, like, a muggle musical instrument. Because I feel like there's a really emo part to Lucius. Mm-hmm. And I see him really like secretly clandestinely getting into the guitar mm-hmm. and like but not just the guitar like the bass guitar you know mm-hmm. and just just learning a load of riffs and then uh obviously uh he starts a band with arthur i was just gonna and... say i was like okay so they're in a band so who yeah. else so who else is with them in this band <laughs> Well, I would have to figure out like who their contemporaries were at school. Right. Like, I'm right. assuming Mo- I'm assuming Molly's there for reasons, mm-hmm. and then like I have to, I like I don't know how old Narcissa is. It's really bad. Um, but like I I can see them. I can see the four of them like in a band together. But like I I feel like the 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 Lucius Arthur ship. I'm gonna call it a battleship because it's so. Ah! I love it. Um, what's the word? What is the word? They're like at each other's throats all the time. I can't think. <laughs> this is a good start. I don't start. know. At odds with each other. I don't today. know. I don't know words. Why are you asking me for words? You're the words I, guy. Like what are you talking? I don't know. Apparently not today. Yeah. Anyway, they're uh, they're all in a band and they there's there's love hate going on and I buy that energy. Yeah. She's 1955, so she's a year or two younger than Lucius even. Okay, so, yeah. So this could be like an after school, I don't know, eventual something, something. Not to say like, I mean, hey, they could just be like, oh man, this girl is like a prodigy drummer or something like that yeah, at like yeah. 13 years old. We're going to just like kill it out. 
and I absolutely see Narcissa falling for Lucius, like because he's the older boy mm-hmm. and you know she's looking up to him but he's in a band and then she gets invited because one one time whatever one of the regulars like falls sick or something uh-huh. so she subs in and she's really talented and then she's like oh yeah yeah I'm in this for more than the music <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yes oh so good yeah I okay I love the idea of Narcissa and Molly and Lucius <laughs> And Arthur being in a band together. This is so great. And of course, for me, as far as the ship goes, I'm like, okay, so Arthur and Lucius are dancing around their feelings. And then, whoops. (laughs) So (laughs) Arthur and Lucius are dancing around their feelings. Meanwhile, the two girls are like crushing on the boys, not knowing that like, sorry, ladies, it's never going to happen. Or maybe it will. Maybe it just ends up being this whole big poly family. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, maybe they're bi, maybe they're pan. Yes. Who knows? Yes. But, but yeah, yes. it could happen. Exactly. Um, I see a load of things happening and they're all <laughs> really good. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, man. Well, great. Oh. All right. So we got, yes. hey, flashlight and a bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly, obviously. We got there. But do you know what, listeners? What you should do is tweet at us with potential band names yes. for this group. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Band I, names. I really, yes, please. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. normally we get, we ask you to tweet at us with like fit wrecks and things. <laughs> it's, it just, it's a bit bit lighter duty this week. We just want you to come up with a with an awesome band name for okay. us, please. So I just came up with two really bad names. Okay. One Hit being me with them. one being the weird brothers and sisters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Polly Jam instead of Pearl Jam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's also like Polydor, like the record label. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> it's awful, but yep. I love it. Yes, no, I told you. I mean, hey, I pulled it yeah. out of nowhere, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've got nothing, so you're doing better than me. <laughs> Man, you've got a terrible band name, but I have none. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, gosh. Oh. So, so welcome yeah, so, back. Yeah, so we should probably introduce yeah. the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's a thing that we should do at this point. So uh, I'll go ahead and do that. Welcome back, yes, listeners, yes. to Care of Magical Shippers. It is your Harry Potter ship culture podcast. Mm-hmm. And this week, the ship we're looking at is a battleship. <laughs> yeah. And it is Arthur slash Lucius. But my favourite ship name for this pairing is Loosely. I love it so much. Loosely. Oh, yeah. oh like my. Lucius, yeah. Lucius slash Weasley. Weasley? Yeah. Loose, loosely. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. <laughs> Take me loosely. <laughs> I can't forget. Can we use that? I don't think we can use that, but I don't uh, know. I was proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, loose. Oh, gosh. It was like, yeah, parsley. <laughs> Loosely. Loosely. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The quality of these, of the caliber of these episodes is just degrading as my level of filth goes up. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. We've peaked. It's happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Meg's here. Yeah. Just so, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just in case you you didn't know, I'm I'm Nathan. (laughs) 
Uh, I think. I think I can remember my own name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. But okay, I'm so excited about Arthur and Lucius. Uh, We've brought this up uh, in the past, like multiple times. We bring it up all the time. About how we see those two at Flourish and Blots rolling around on the ground, punching each other and just getting all up in each other's business. And you just look at it and go, I ship it. (laughs) I ship it so hard. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, this was this. I'm going to be honest. This was not a ship I knew I needed until we saw it in that list Mm -hmm. of slash ships and I was like why have I never considered this before yeah and then once I started thinking about it I was like okay so what if that like somebody was able to take the canonical like quote-unquote muggle duel Mm -hmm. that happened in flourish and blots and produced something that riffed on that Mm -hmm. and then so I I knew what I wanted from this ship from like the Mm get-go as soon as I was invested and I went on AO3 and (laughs) I found it I found I found my fix so um I'm gonna like I have to confess I haven't read it all yet because idiot that I am I only thought it was one chapter long and then (laughs) like like ages later I was like no it's chapter one of seven so I've only read the first I've only read the first chapter but it's so far it's given me everything that I need from this ship it's called the seduction of Arthur Weasley I will link it in the description and I forgive me I would quote or reference the author name as well but I'm just not going to do it justice Uh, so so it is by somebody who is very talented whose name i cannot pronounce um that's fair hey and uh and we're possibly like you could you can take this out if we don't end up doing it but we're possibly going to come back and talk about this in a discussion episode about the ship because i've loved what i've read so far so much i'm so excited to read it because yeah that was like the foundation of why we wanted to do this episode and when you brought that to me i'm like why of course did i have to see this 15 minutes before we were gonna record today so yeah we're most this is probably gonna i feel i'm feeling in my bones and apologies if this doesn't happen but i feel like this could be another tamari situation where we just get really Mm -hmm. excited about this we did find a fic we love and we're probably gonna talk about it so we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah We'll anyway. see if we have time. Mm-hmm. That magical thing that we yes. are supposed to have lots of. Oh, gosh. It just, where does it go? I don't know what happens. So when you hit your 30s, <laughs> like even in, so even in your 20s, you're like, yeah, I can, I can I'm, I'm doing a reasonable job of adulting. And then mm-hmm. so, and then you hit 30 and you're like, wait, stop. And by the time 31 <laughs> happens, you're like, what is time? I, I, you know, I just sort of feel like. Um, like Gandalf, whenever he comes back as Gandalf the White, and he's like, yes. three, 300 lives of men I walked this earth, and now I have no time. Oh, you know, yes. I just, yeah. Anyway, cr- weird crossovers notwithstanding, yes. we have no we have no free time. So, <laughs> yes. so we want, like, we want the conclusion, we want to do everything, <laughs> but what we actually get around to doing will be up grabs exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. we'll see but anyway so so this ship um so of course as we were doing research uh we figured out that they're kind of they're approximately like three to four years like difference as far as age goes so like if they were in school um mm-hmm. they'd you know when arthur would be say quote you know in seventh year then he would what be in third i guess or fourth 
So, you know, so I mean, they would have been at school together, but as far as like actually kind of interacting with one another. um, But so, of course, for me, the way I would like picture or read it or think of writing it, like I would probably like go a little AU and like have them be like the same age so that whatever point in school um they're interacting kind of like you know harry draco situation of like it's like oh you're the gryffindor boy and i'm the slytherin boy in classes together and we have this conflict for whatever reasons and because of course you know from a young age and of course i'm curious like what did it like what what do you think did it for arthur as far as him becoming obsessed with muggle stuff oh oh that's a really interesting one i think um Arthur's always been a really interesting character to me mm-hmm. because his fascination with Muggle stuff parallels our fascination with the Wizarding World, right? Mm-hmm. So just in the same way as we love this world, but we don't have access to magic, like he loves mu- the Muggle world, but he doesn't really get it. Yeah. So he's like an inverse for the audience. So to so I don't really know what would have sparked that interest but I'll bet it happened in childhood and I'll bet it was some sort of um what if he was like side along operating with somebody mm-hmm. like a parent and they ended up in a part of Muggle London and he saw like mm-hmm. a milk float and was like wow this is just <laughs> incredible or yeah. you know um because because it will have been something like that I think like you know the way um like uh, when I was younger, I was obsessed with dinosaurs. You, mm-hmm. you get these, you get these really um, like obsessions and stages that everybody seems to go through. But I think for Arthur, it was a sort of a way to. That's his magic, right? Right. It's his. It's his way of uh, feeling good about. Uh, a different part of the world, something that's strange and exotic to him and that he wants to be uh, a part of. Um, mm-hmm. And and I really, like, I find that really endearing about his character anyway. And I sort of feel like, because Lucius has this antipathy to muggles and, and you know, uh, in in certain canonical storylines, that, that tips over into hatred. But I think right. you could... With the with the pairing, I think it would work really well. Where you know Arthur has this uh, obsessive nerdiness about it, but then mm-hmm. Lucius is in the corner rolling his eyes and being yes. like, "Oh my god, not the milk floats again!" You right? Know? Yes, yes. Yeah. Here he goes. Oh, for sure. Like, do you have any specific headcanon about the the first thing, the first Muggle thing that Arthur encounters that? Um, propels him into muggle fascination see for me it's like you said like either they just happen upon some muggle part for me because of the significance of the car in the books i picture him seeing an automobile oh my god yeah you know what i mean like him actually seeing an automobile back in well it would have been you know fifth you know in the 50s or whatever that he would see some like 50s super sleek beautiful you know thing (laughs) and i could see him just being fascinated about like oh like obviously it's look at that magic or why aren't they using brooms or something like that and i could see his parents either 
maybe being like aware of muggle stuff and just being like, oh, that's a muggle car or, or not really thinking on it or not knocking it down. I don't think he was in an environment that necessarily looked down on muggles, but it's not like they were curious about it. It, yeah. was, it became his thing. Like it was definitely his thing. Uh, so I, it's it's one of the most, I feel like something that couldn't be ignored if you were, like if you saw cars, you'd be like, oh my gosh, what is that? Like that, what's that? especially at a young yeah. age like what's that oh it's that's how muggles get around it's like well why don't they fly well they don't have magic like they they have to use something else and it's like that seems like a really complicated device to move bodies around <laughs> like yeah. and then and then him getting hold of one it's like you know what now i'm gonna make this even more efficient and make it fly so absolutely that's kind of how i how i saw it but um and then I'd like to picture them like in school. So they're like in muggle studies, be it like maybe they're like 13, 14, you know, and Lucius is like not doing well in the class. Like maybe he's like failing the class and and not to say it's funny because Arthur is obsessed as he is with muggle stuff. He actually doesn't really genuinely know yeah, that he's much not very about muggle okay. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, I, you know, I have all these plugs. I love plugs. Or like, oh, I'll use the telephone. And he's like yelling into it. Like, or whatever. Well, no, Ron yells into it. But still, it's like <laughs> he just, he knows of the thing and wants to know what the thing does, but he just never gets there. Like yeah. he actually never gets there. The felly tone. <laughs> but just because he's super passionate, especially if the muggle study teacher is still a witch or wizard and it's not like they're gonna be unless they're a muggle-born like they're you know the the stuff that they have and they're sharing is gonna be not necessarily 100% true so I could see him being like the number one muggle study student regardless of how well he actually knows things and then having to tutor Lucis and yes. that would just to be you know because he's just all hype like you can just see young Arthur just being this hyper individual oh absolutely and just Lucius being so like just like grumpy like the whole time like just like sour faced oh absolutely he's totally aloof and he doesn't want to be there and he's like yes. tolerating it because he has to and he and you just oh. know full well he's like I should have been in Durmstrang right yes exactly and he's literally like right going back to his dorm room every night writing letters to his parents like please get me yeah. out of here please yeah. Oh, but uh yeah I can see them like in the library together Lucius like kind of you know has his chair turned away like trying not to pay attention meanwhile Arthur's just going on and on about all this stuff and he's so excited and then of course over time then yeah. Lucius finds it endearing and then eventually he realizes either you know like what happens the tutoring is over he starts doing well and Arthur like is proud of him and congratulates him and I could just see Lucius being all like oh my god like oh I just it's just so cute I just love the story of them in school and just the things that could happen for them is just like it's okay it's funny we talk about battleship but i'm stuck in the fluff right now yes i am stuck so deep in this fluff and how to make this cursed pairing so fluffy i'm actually tearing up a little bit i love oh it so goodness. much it's so cute when yes, i think about it, it is so. <laughs> Do you know it's criminal that more isn't written about it because the more you're yeah. talking the more i was thinking so what if part of the reason that lucius hates muggles so much is because for whatever reason later on they fell out of love or they broke up right and so now he associates <gasps> everything muggle with the with heartbreak Arthur. of losing arthur 
Oh, yes. It makes oh, wow. so much sense. And so, oh, yes. And so going back to what you said about the the car, I did a quick sneaky Google while you were talking. <laughs> and, the, and the Ford Anglia was uh, applied to various models of Ford between 39 and 67. So it's perfectly feasible that the Ford <laughs> Anglia was the first car that Arthur ever saw. And that's why he rebuilt he one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I mean, duh. Obviously. Yeah. Know, I <laughs> yeah. And wow. so, so, um, so I, I mean, I obviously think there is so much more that you could say about, you know, Arthur's obsession with uh, muggle stuff. It, it's, it's, it speaks to a love, not just of of muggle things and of the muggle world, but of a love of, of otherness and of randomness and mm-hmm. of things that other people would throw away. Like I think he mentions to Harry at one point that he's fascinated by like spark plugs and yeah. all these weird things. And I just think that speaks to Arthur's character because it shows the reader that he has a way of looking at things that isn't typical and traditional. And, you know, and he's obviously passed those values down uh, through his family and through mm-hmm. his his sons. Um, and I just, I, I don't know, I think that's really sweet. Um, and I, I was thinking about, like, how could that, that the sweetness of his nature feed into a potential Arthur Lucius love story? Mm-hmm. So um, I did a, a bit of research on Lucius and I found out his father, Abraxas, died mm-hmm. of dragon pox. Um, and that happened, I think that happened in 68. So he would still have been at school if my maths is correct. Um, 68? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. 54-ish, 64, 65 to start. So yeah, he would have been in school. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if Lucius loses his father in school, obviously he's going to be really down and depressed. And I was like, what if Arthur is the prefect that first of all Mm -hmm. comforts him out of a sense of obligation because Mm -hmm. you know it's a it's the prefectly duty to do maybe he's patrolling the corridors at night and he spots lucius like wandering aimlessly or something or he's just in his head and so at first he's he meets him and it's like well i I sort of have to because it's my duty as prefect but then Mm -hmm. over time you know he they get to know more about each other and it becomes this real sort of hurt comfort thing Mm -hmm. where then Mm -hmm. slowly they start to learn more about each other i just fired that image so much we're still stuck in the fluff nathan what are we doing this isn't like us we're normally on to the smut by now what is happening to us i think because i've kept saying over and over again i don't understand i don't understand fluff like i don't i don't think i can write it mm-hmm. i don't under- and now i'm just like building all of these fluffy situations <laughs> between yeah. these two. Oh, it's so great oh i love that yes i just want oh god i could see the two of them in school it's just okay i'm sorry i just like i just think it's so cute my cheeks this is what fluff <laughs> does to people like i just think yeah. of that meme of the various posts that you see all the time on tumblr and whatnot that it's like me reading smut in public and it's like stone-faced and it's like me reading fluff in public and you're just like a slobbery mess (laughs) (laughs) well well you could be you could be reading smut in public and just be a slobbery mess but not yeah in a publicly right not you can't see yeah exactly not like 
you know, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But um, I love, so going off of what you said about the um, triggered by heartbreak, I yes. love that. So I could see them, yeah, having their, ooh, because I brought this up before. So we'll kind of, before I get there. So remember me coming back to the heartbreak after stuff, because okay. <laughs> I'll forget. Um, I had mentioned, I, I read a fic that was really short, just like a short little one shot about them not like just not really knowing how to move forward and be mm -hmm. with the fact that they were going to be on the opposite sides of the war like they're in school and Voldemort is on the rise the first time and Lucius will be on Voldemort's side and then obviously Arthur isn't and that ultimately could be one of those instances where it's like either it's out of their control um mm -hmm. who knows like because you think it's like okay say it was the end of school and they're like 17 it's not like either of them could just be like oh i can't because my family i mean technically yeah i guess in lucius's side of things like with all the malfoys draco is in the same situation like you have to make choices based on your parents because of like being disowned and like yeah. family honor and name and all this stuff and so lucius has to be dealing with that and even though arthur's different he's still from a pure blood family it's just a different you know environment but i it just it it's hurts so much to think that the war would get between them like that would be the reason why they would have to split up not because they don't love each other anymore but because they just they can't be together like it's just not it's not they're not able to yeah so i could see that being either like arthur trying to be i guess could be like the i don't know noble one like you know that there's always that one like harry with Ginny. he's like it's best for us to part now so that it doesn't cause us further pain right. and anguish down the the way. And I could see Arthur being that one and Lucius being like, no, we, you know, like just not wanting to like deal with it at all. Like, no, it'll be fine or whatever. Um, so maybe then he's like bitter about that, that, that Arthur ended things even though he said he still loved him or whatever. So then you even see in the stories like, okay, so then Lucius goes off and marries Narcissa probably based on you know betrothal or whatever and then maybe Arthur and Molly had you know been together or maybe they were uh -huh. friends for years like the all you know they had always been friends and then after school it was like you know like you're my best friend and I guess you know maybe then <laughs> let's whatever we'll get married I guess or yeah and then they have you know they're not to say that they weren't in love and had all these kids and then later on Draco has such a loathing for like and knows the Weasleys like yeah. offhand like he's like oh so you got red hair and and tattered clothing you're obviously a Weasley and for him to know that like how often would they have actually come in contact with the Weasleys like Draco they wouldn't be in passing they wouldn't be at the same right. ministry galas they wouldn't like he would have had to have been told by his father about the Weasleys because he's the yeah. first Malfoy child to go to school it's not like his siblings to come home to tell him about it or anything like he literally meets Ron the first time around it's like oh you must be a Weasley and so I could just see him being so like, yeah, like stay away from all the, you know, the redheaded kids or whatever, all the Weasleys, they're trouble, they like muggle stuff, they're different, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. just creating 
putting like anything same with the pure blood agenda like put putting your views onto your children like that's just kind of what naturally happens not knowing it's because his dad is just super heartbroken and butthurt and they just constantly have that conflict and uh yeah you're yeah. right I mean, it's <laughs> the like Draco builds an awful lot of assumption into that uh, red hair and a hand-me-down robe. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that Molly has red hair and she was a Pruitt. Yeah. And I wonder yes. if um, her brothers, Gideon and Fabian, were red-headed as well. You know, uh, I wonder if Arthur was chummy with either of Molly's brothers mm-hmm. when they were at school. Um, mm-hmm. And whether or not that would have had an impact on, you know, whether when Lucius disparages all Weasleys, he's really lumping them all in together right. as one unit. Um, because it's a bit of a a real overgeneralization to say just because you're you you look poor and you've got mm-hmm. red hair, you must be a Weasley. Right. Um I mean obviously there is classism stuff built into that read Mm -hmm. as well and we're supposed to very quickly get the idea from that sort of thing that draco is very uh you know upper class Mm -hmm. and uh and the weasleys are significantly poorer although it's it's complicated by the fact that they're both pure-blood families so really they're it's they're the same social class but they don't have the same social standing right Right. They're, they're the same social class, but not the same economic class. Mm-hmm. And part of the... You were going to talk a bit about the potential for heartbreak, I think. And part of the reason I think that works or that could work so well is the the different socioeconomic or uh, personal outlooks Lucius and Arthur have based on their worldview because they're because Arthur's batting at the world with less money right Mm -hmm. so he's he isn't afforded maybe the best career opportunities he whereas Lucius could potentially go and travel the world or do whatever he wants you know I'm assuming he's got uh, we know he has access to Malfoy Manor. I'm assuming he's like a trust fund baby like he's basically bound to have Mm -hmm. access to a load of family gold or something right um mm-hmm. so i think it, for me there's a there's a sort of um potential there to explore not just the differences between their personalities but the difference between their uh, social situations as well mm-hmm. okay so i just thought of something <laughs> really deep and dramatic so we're getting away from fluff and now we're getting into some like really hurt angsty stuff so we're back in we're back in our wheelhouse so normal service has resumed normal yeah exactly (laughs) return to your regularly scheduled scheduled program so (laughs) um (laughs) oh crap okay so you know how in the fifth book Mm -hmm. harry has the dream where he sees nagini attack arthur yes right Mm-hmm. So then he goes into occlumency and does all those things to potentially prevent him from seeing, um, going there. But then the next time he does, like it doesn't work out, obviously. And the next time he does is when he's being drawn to the Department of Mysteries to save Sirius, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. what if, what if that was the instance where Lucius found out what happened 
completely destroyed him. So not only is he not, like they say, like, you know, like we, we see him as like, like starting to, I don't know, like kind of like lose it a little bit, like as the movies progress or even in the books, like he's yeah. he's less confident. He's less, you know, he's he's more desperate, I guess sure. you could say. Yeah, That's absolutely. the word I should use, desperate. Uh, but let's say that the Nagini thing happens with Arthur and he completely loses it. Like he, you know, all of his hatred or resentment or um, like grudge that he held against him, like completely vanishes when he finds out that he's hurt and potentially dying. And then after that is like, Hey, Voldemort, my dude, like, I'll, I'll hang out at the Department of Mysteries. Like, leave it up to me. Like, I'll be the one that can get, I can find a way to get Harry there. Like, let me, you know, do whatever. Like, I have that power. So then he decides to be the person who takes over the plan. You know, like, maybe he wasn't initially. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'll, I'll make this happen for you. Like, don't, you know, don't, you know, don't let your snake do all your stuff. Like, I'll take care of it. It's fine. Absolutely, yeah. Meanwhile, he's just like, because he's just horrified by what happened happened so that's him like when it all goes bad and down I think partially part of it could yeah that could really have done a number on him and then who knows like then uh uh Ron gets like attacked at, during the battle mm-hmm. like by the whatever the brain things and whatever and and whatnot and maybe that's when he that's like when when it shifts like we think about the shift of being like okay you failed lucius failed therefore he's out of favor with voldemort of course he's gonna feel shitty of course he's gonna feel powerless but is that also like an emotional shift where he like he remembers what he used to feel and how he used to feel and now he's like trapped in the reality that he created by ignoring or walking away from those feelings and I don't know. I just see there's so much potential for him to be going through so much torment in that regard for so many reasons and that being one of them. Oh, you're you're so right. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking in Chamber of Secrets, uh, we know canonically that Lucius is sort of responsible for uh, slipping the diary into Ginny's cauldron. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, he's responsible for the confrontation that happens at the end of the book. But I'm really fascinated by the possibility that Lucius knows it's a Horcrux and he also knows Harry is a Horcrux. And so mm-hmm. he knows that really Harry is capable of destroying the Horcrux. So he's setting Voldemort up to fail by mm. putting... by. Uh, bringing bringing two Horcruxes together versus keeping them separate. Exactly, and yes. really, because really, in that way, he's doing more for Harry than Dumbledore would under the circumstances. Because the mm-hmm. only reason Dumbledore even has that conversation with him, and it's years later, is because all of this starts with the Horcrux stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking as well of in book four with the Quidditch World Cup stuff, because we know that Arthur is responsible on the night the attack happens by the Death Eaters. We know Arthur is responsible for ministry security that mm-hmm. night when when the shit goes down. So in my head, what's happening there is, uh, again, Lucius is not responsible or not charged with being the ringleader of the Death Eaters for the mm-hmm. planned attack. But he gets wind that they plan to attack Arthur Weasley 
and the Ministry Security directly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what he tries to do stealthily is sneak in and go, <gasps> I know, I'm gonna I'm gonna subvert this and divert the attack to some muggles. I'm not gonna, right. you know, I'll make it humiliating enough because it's still terrible what happens yes. to, to that muggle family. Um yes. you know, it's absolutely horrific. But he's like, I have to be convincing enough to make sure that my uh, quote-unquote allies believe that I'm doing this because I'm a loyal Death Eater, yes. but I also don't want them to harm Arthur or any of his kids, so mm-hmm. I'm going to take uh. the, draw the battle away from them. Yes. Um, <gasps> and, so, and so I see that then he takes charge yeah. and... Uh, you know, and events unfold as they do in the books. But w- for this ship to work, I think... Because I can buy that Lucius is really intelligent. And I think yeah. that if he were... Because we see that he's incredibly loyal to Draco and he mm-hmm. wants the best for his son, um, you know, even as he's becoming unhinged. So I can believe that when he's loyal to somebody, he'll do whatever he can. He'll expend mm-hmm. whatever resources he can to make mm-hmm. sure that they're they're not harmed and that they're put first. So yes. if Arthur is at the top of that tree, even secretly, you know, mm-hmm. you, he has to be planning. Yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, my heart. It's just been ripped apart, put together, <laughs> and ripped apart over and over again. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, they, um, because you, you, I mean, you see this trope in a lot of things where even though, like, people are separated for whatever reasons and there's no chance of them being together, but even though their lives go on, they still have those feelings for one another. And so they're always still in your your mind and memory. Of course, Lucius would be keeping an ear and eye out for anything regarding the order mm-hmm. or any, any plans that have to do with that because the whole time he's just going to be thinking about Arthur. But also, he's a Malfoy. He is a Death Eater. He's still... He's still going to make those choices. One could, you know, argue that he'd be like anyone else would be expendable, though. Like, as long as Mm -hmm. Arthur was okay, it wouldn't matter what happened to anyone else. So I, yeah, I could see that it's, you know, being like a selfish thing of like no one else matters. Like still... No one in the order matters. Muggles don't matter. But exactly, yeah. Arthur matters, like no matter what. And even if Arthur doesn't really see him in the same way anymore because of what happened, or oh, 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 Nathan. Yeah. Nathan. Tell okay. me, tell me what's on your mind. Okay. Go. So, Ed, so then imagine this story that we've just we've been building up <laughs> over the past however many minutes. There's the moment where either like. Lucius saves Arthur. You know, something Mm -hmm. happens where, like, he saves Arthur or they end up in the same space for whatever reason and then is given the opportunity for him to explain how everything that could have happened or why things went wrong were because of Lucius, like, disrupting a plan in some way to protect them. So kind of like in comparison to, like, the, um, like, Snape doing all these things. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, looking evil, but he's protecting Harry all the way through the books. Exactly, yeah. 
the same thing could be said for Lucius and Arthur that regardless like he because he's he's obviously in the main circle Lucius is a top dude he's Mm -hmm. a top dude he knows everything that's going on and he has power he has money and he knows people in the ministry so like what what if what if wow this is just why does my brain do this Nathan why does my brain do this I don't know but I'm not apologizing for it you run with it (laughs) okay so in the movies they say that you know Lucius works for the ministry however Mm -hmm. in the books he doesn't he's just a man of means he's a man of of an old name and money and just a lady of leisure Mm -hmm. yes a lady of leisure yes and so of course he uses money to do everything you know to, to to influence things to make decisions um build relationships with people in high places so what if something was going down like they were doing some the death theaters were going to do have some plan against the order somewhere some reason and he knew that if arthur was there and he was going to get involved what if he had someone he knew at the ministry or had someone do some sort of rando like muggle affecting situation which then they he knew that they would have to call arthur over to take care of Yes. You know, like yes. he's just making, baiting all of these situations. Like that's why Arthur is like so busy with his raids and being out so late, especially what is the, what's the book? When, when is it that Harry goes to the borough and, and Arthur's been promoted? Um, yes. He gets promoted in book six, I think, uh, because he, because that's when Scrimgeour takes office. So yes. he. And he comes over with Percy that one night, right? Like that's yes. when he's trying to collect, like collect, quote unquote, Harry or whatever. Yes, yeah, and he's like, there's... it'd be really good if you showed up at the ministry just to save face or, yes. you know, whatever. The... Yes, because that's when um, Molly's like, he's, you know, barely been home. That's when all of their spoons are on, you know, or all the mortal hands. Peril. The, yeah. Mortal peril. And then it says traveling when he's coming and he comes back. And that's when they do their like name swap thing. And he's like, mm. what do you want me to call you when we're alone together? Molly Wobbles. <laughs> oh my God, that is so cute. That is so cute. Um, oh, Lucy Woosie. <laughs> cute Oh, cute she is. Um, crap was it oh so him being so busy could technically be partially because Lucius is having all these things happen to keep him from like attending or being part of the um you know like stakeouts or doing any of the dangerous things the order has to do because he's too busy doing his job exactly and that's how i i mean i could totally see lucius being responsible for an exploding toilet toilet in bethnal green you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and and i think um oh i really i want to read that fic oh and isn't it like a recurring thing? Didn't he say that there was someone like they finally found the person who was like going around and exploding toilets? Um, did they? Uh, I don't know. There was something that it was like they they finally caught up with someone who was like doing like muggle baiting, like doing this muggle baiting. Oh, it, yeah. It, Yes. Yes. It was a it was a regurgitating toilet in Bethnal Green. Yes, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so hmm. I don't know. So I mean, so it's possible that it's like they've been following this. <laughs> this serial toilet exploder, <laughs> which is really just Lucius having some, his own mundungus running around blowing up toilets. Exactly. Just... And you know, he wouldn't be doing the dirty work himself. <laughs> exactly. He would have got somebody else to, to, you know, hired a third party to then be like, go over here 
and yes. and make this toilet regurgitate. <laughs> Use this charm precisely and yes. point your wand to exactly this many degrees. Uh, but it will work yes. perfect. And it will be perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going perfectly. The plan. It's going perfectly. Yes. Oh, gosh. That's so funny. Oh, I just, okay, I, oh, I love them. <laughs> I love the Weasleys. I love Arthur and Molly, and I love the dynamic of canon, but also me being like, okay, how can they be together with everyone continuing to exist? So it's hard for me to imagine and feel good about the the idea that, say, you know, Arthur and Molly were to, like, split up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or... Uh, like on the other side of things like i mean it's the war like what if like narcissa or molly had actually died in the war you know well this is yeah yeah, yeah. this so. is another thing that where the potential for like hurt comfort comes in um and mm -hmm. i really see you know because ultimately war is great social leveler so awful as mm -hmm. war is if you're losing people on both sides surely that gives you something in common that you can emotionally mm -hmm. bond over but mm -hmm. as well as as well as the you know Narcissa or Molly being taken out of the picture by the war, you mm -hmm. also have the possibility that uh, Lucius or Arthur are both bi and they just exist in a sort of a weird open polycule mm -hmm. where it's a bit fluid and a little mm -hmm. bit like dependent on mood and situation and you know maybe there are complex emotions there but the but they can sort of exist together and be aware that they're on different sides but sometimes mm -hmm. they just physically want the same thing yeah 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 <laughs> No, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because it's just, even though it's like they could just have those moments where it's like they have that a night that night together like it's like the yeah. world is is outside and right now it's just us and we're together. Yes, that's all still happening. But for right now, it doesn't matter. And then tomorrow we'll deal with the world that we have to face again or whatever. And it's just, oh, man, it's so tragic. It's just so tragic. But yeah, I um, I do like the idea of however that would be, like, say, regardless of, of Molly or Narcissa, after the war and, you know, things settle down and say, like, Lucius probably goes to Azkaban for a bit like he he has to like that's just mm -hmm. it's expected like he probably would go for at least I don't know five, let's say he goes for five years or something like that yeah and then is able to be like appealed to you know to leave and he finally gets let out and then maybe at that point he does try and like merge into society as like actually giving to it like getting a actual job or or volunteering or doing things that he normally wouldn't have otherwise done and then kind of starts blending into and merging into the world that Arthur knows and he's yeah. trying, he's he's starting to see again what he had seen in Lucius before all this like when they were young when they you know became friends or you know potentially in love with each other that just kind of reawakening everything and then i picture i just i just would love to see if they say they got together for however reason they did, 
And then the first Christmas where Draco comes over and it's like, it's Bill, it's Charlie, it's, you know, whatever, it's George. And well, in this regard, Fred didn't die. So it's the twins. Yeah, of course Fred (laughs) didn't die. It's my world. Fred didn't die. Yeah, exactly. Um, And Percy and Ron and all that. And it's just like all these Weasleys and Draco's just like, dad, what the fuck? And he's like, just deal with it. (laughs) Just like, be nice, suck it up, deal with it. Exactly. And then Draco has to come to terms with the fact that all this Weasley hate for such a long time was really Weasley love, just Mm -hmm. deeply buried to try and push it away. Yes, Um, repressed Weasley love. Yes, And I can absolutely see Draco being disgusted by that, Mm -hmm. you know, and having to like, and just trying to eat like Molly's French onion soup and his lip is curling. They don't even have fine china. What the hell am I doing here? Right, exactly. It's like my fork, one of the fork tongs is like bent and like, it's just like, what is going on? Um, Oh God, I have to come back to fork. But what was I saying? Oh, oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. No. So like, of course, Draco is like, so So I have been, so I have been hating these people because you've just been wanting to fuck Arthur Weasley this whole time. I have just been. I have been at odds with these people for my entire Hogwarts career just because you you want to like, oh man, yeah. so funny. And then Draco, it could be jealous because it's like, has my loyalty mm-hmm. like out of trying to be a good Malfoy for all these years meant yes. nothing? This yes. is all yeah. built on a lie. This is an yes. illusion. This is yes. a, you know, I've participated in a delusion just to keep your, you know, ego satisfied. Oh, yes. I could see that being... Uh, you know what? Then, of course, Arthur's going to try and, and help calm Draco down. Yes, but of course, of course that, he is. Yeah, of course he is. But, of course, that's only going to make Draco worse because he's yes. like, the last thing he wants is to be counselled by somebody that he's been told to mm-hmm. told to despise, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I, love, uh, I love in fic when we see Draco's journey from... Uh, drifting away from this established, uh, mm-hmm. snooty, uh, upper class, uh, you know, aesthete to somebody who is uh, more compassionate, more understanding, mm-hmm. more accepting. And I think that this ship in particular provides an excellent framework for that to happen because yes. Lucius has already decided he's all in again for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So he's so because he's already made that decision, he's just like, well, Draco, you're coming along whether you like it or not. You know, yep. it's, it's yep. that same it's that same dynamic they've always had, except now instead of selling back weird poisonous ingredients to Borgen and Burks, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know embracing the Weasleys. Yeah, and I can just see Arthur, like, Arthur doesn't get mad often. Like, usually, like, he'll have a stern talk or take you aside, but I could just see an instance where, like, this is, oh, what is it? Oh, what, oh, God, oh, God, what's, there's, there's movies, I I don't have to know specifics, but there's obviously, like, movies like this where, um, you know, two parents get together and there's, like, the new kid that comes in and then obviously gets bullied behind the parents' back. Like oh, they yeah. pretend that, you know, they pretend that they're friends and they're doing fine, but really they're like tormenting the shit out of this other kid. Um, so I could just see that being Draco. Like Draco being like the the central like pillar of torment around all these Weasley kids. And then Arthur finally finding out and just like screaming at all of them. It's like 
Draco's not going anywhere. Like, you just need to, like, stop it. Like, I raised you better than this. And just, like, them being so guilty, feeling so oh guilty God. about it. So yeah. now I'm picturing, um, <laughs> so, and now I'm picturing, like, a version of the parent trap where Ron goes The parent to, trap. Yes, yeah. That's what well, I was, that's what I, that's kind of what I was thinking. But yes. Yep, yeah. Like, at summer camp. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. So no, but but where Ron like goes to live at Malfoy Manor for a while, and he and yeah. so you get the Ron and Narcissa uh, thing going on, and and Draco agrees to to live at the Burrow. Oh my God! I oh, wow. like, forget everything else I've asked for. That's the thick I want now. We want yes, we <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Oh my gosh! I can only imagine like because it would be it would be. Oh man. Okay. So now we're going. Oh shit. We're somewhere else entirely. Like we do. Like we do. But yeah, Draco would find it would take him time to get to know how to be more humble and to, you know, accept and be okay with less. And then, of course, Ron would probably from the beginning feel a sense of like guilt and unworthiness to be or have these things and look down on like having nicer things. But then also learning that, you know, that doesn't mean that it makes like Narcissa or the Malfoys bad in any regard that's just different and interesting yeah yes. I I see um like do you know those like toy train sets um I absolutely see a magical version of that where uh it travels between the burrow and Malfoy Manor mm-hmm. and it's used by Arthur and Lucius to communicate with each other <laughs> a toy train yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, yeah. gosh. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that. I but don't like, know the, either. The, visu- <laughs> the visual image was cute enough that I wanted to share it without any wider context. I don't need context. This is mine. I'd hope it would be like a suit. Like, even if it is a toy train, it's got to be like a super train because otherwise it would take like forever to. <laughs> No, but so so no, but the way I so the way I visualize it is okay. um, so there's like so um, there's like a little bit of track and the, and then a tunnel and then when it goes through the tunnel that's when the magic happens and it oh like, and then the magic inst- happens and right then it the instantly magic. and it instantly like teleports Boop. between yep. <laughs> uh, one house to another um, but I think yeah. I I absolutely see that as their preferred way of communicating other than mm-hmm. using the like talking patronuses because. Yeah. You know, Arthur's really into his muggle stuff. And I just think it would be uh, like Lucius would roll his eyes, getting little rolls of parchment from Arthur being like, hey, you know, you you should totally come and do this with the family uh, at such and such time. But he would he'd send like little hastily scribbled notes back or whatever on the on the top of the carriages. Oh, I just I love that visual so much. Nathan. What if all were all those years that they had not been talking or anything? What if Lucius like sent like every once in a while just like a little un unlabeled package with just some random muggle something in it? Oh my god! And it just like showed up at the burrow or something, yeah. or even at his office. Like, what if he gets to, like what if he got to work and there's like a little parcel like on his desk like every once in a while that would have like a paperclip or a pen or like I just like a random muggle item like. Yes. What if it's like. Uh, the anniversary of the last time they spoke and they both remember it and so on that day whatever day that happens to be they each send each other something something 
and uh, and so oh. Lucius will send Arthur a little muggle something, and Arthur will send Lucius like something that uh, like because Lucius is I assume he's like a collector of like rare curios mm-hmm. like and weird magical oddities. I imagine that Arthur like like working in the ministry himself will have an awareness of. Uh, like weird things coming in, or because he mentions, is it is it him that mentions Ali Bashir and his flying carpets in book four? You know when when they say yeah. about like, so they have these weird Muggle rules or these weird rules about like no yeah. magic around Muggles, uh, but then they say, well, well, like Ali Bashir keeps insisting on flying his yeah his, his, carp- his yes. carpet yeah no round. yeah I can't so, yeah so I imagine that like every time that anniversary rolls around Arthur is sending Lucius something like a um a piece of a magic carpet or mm-hmm. you know something that's been confiscated that he I was secretly just going to say yes yes and it, or have. even if it's something that like used to be dangerous but they were able to like you know like diffuse it diffuse it yeah words um and so then it was just it was still like used to be this like interesting unique like magical object which then he knows that either like lucius at maybe malfoy manor has its own type of museum like which to other people could be like oh they collect dark artifacts when really it's like no we're collecting history like it's just it's something it's just all a point of view and so maybe that's something that arthur remembered that either he knew of or lucius had talked about being fascinated with uh, so now I see, okay, so maybe he doesn't work at the ministry. What if Lucius like became like a museum curator or like opened a museum? Yeah, absolutely. Or or became just like a, a historian yeah. of, of uh, not just of like magical artifacts, but of muggle as well mm-hmm. and like mixed the two. And so it was like educating wizards about muggle history yeah. at the same time as it was educating potential squibs about magical history i i i see him doing a lot of work to bridge the gap between the the divides there mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and ah uh, uh, and then maybe like what if arthur didn't know about it like didn't know about it but then came across like he could have been like showing somebody like oh look there's this new mu- museum focused on muggle you know, like stuff, like he, like a muggle squib, whatever, new museum yeah. that opened. And he got super excited about it. And then he goes and he discovers that it's Lucius. And it just like oh. completely, that moment when he just. Oh my <laughs> I know, God. I know, I know. He like shows up there so excited and just so ready to like immerse himself in this muggle like squib magic history and then to find Lucius Malfoy there at the opening yes. of his new museum. So okay, but the, the ah! way I so the way I see that working <laughs> is the, the way that has to work is he gets a note which with vaguely familiar handwriting that he yeah. hasn't seen in years. Yeah. Arthur gets this note at work and he's and the, so the note is like turn up at this museum after closing on opening day, yeah. be be here. And then so he goes and stands in front of whatever it is. And then yeah. he just hears footsteps behind him, turns round and there's Lucius. Ah. And, there, and there are no words. Ah. 
And it's oh, just gosh. it's just the two of them <gasps> no, in no, that no. moment. No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. So so that. Imagine that. But it's actually just an invitation. So it's an invitation okay. to like a pre-opening, you know, like a like whatever you call it, like a uh, there's names oh, for those things. Um yeah. Oh, why can't I think? I, can't I know think what you of mean. Either. But like the the pre like the day before the actual like art opening or museum exhibition yes, opening. I, I know so, I'm sure the listeners know exactly what you mean. Don't they're worry just about like it. they're just sitting there like, oh my fucking god, you guys. Like you just how do you not know? Anyway, so you know that time and place that they do that thing. Whoa crap, my mic. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm flailing Meg's around Meg's so here. mad that she can't think of this word that she's <laughs> taking it out on her mic now. <laughs> anyway, so he gets the invitation to the pre-party. Yes. The night before party, whatever. The and pre-launch. Yeah. yeah, pre-launch. There we go. And so he's like, oh, yeah, great. And so it, he goes expecting there to be like a bunch of other people. Uh-huh. But he uh-huh. goes and walks in and it's empty. And then all of a sudden Lucius comes in like you do. And he's just like hey you know he's like hi arthur and he's just like oh my god like this is you know because he's like want either he's walking around and just like seeing the place like on his own and then all of a sudden lucius is there and it's like yeah i've been working on this for years and i finally have you know felt like i could show you and then they just have their moment oh my god so so what if Building on that, so what if in the moment when Arthur realises it's Lucius, Lucius reaches into his robes, Arthur thinks he's going for his wand, he's really nervous, he's like, oh shit, something's going to go down now, I've been tricked. Uh-huh. And when he and when his hand comes out of his robes, he's holding the flashlight that <gasps> Arthur sent Gave him. him. Ah! Oh, 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 okay. We're just okay, so so we're writing a fic this episode, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. just this is just a fic. So okay, flashlight, gift, way back when. Flashlight. So he goes, he's by on his own, looking at this looking at this museum and he's confused, but he's really excited about all these things. All of a sudden the lights go out. Yes. And then a flashlight goes on. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so uh we 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 hope you enjoyed our like l- our like real time fanfic radio discussion. drama yeah <laughs> this week oh my oh wow okay so yeah so needless to say um Arthur and Lucius completely shippable <laughs> completely shippable yeah I don't even have to there, there's no doubt in my mind. But it's so strange. Like I, I never, I never pictured them together before. I, mm-hmm. I saw them in that list, and then ever since then, my brain has just gone into overdrive, yeah. thinking of how it's perfect. Yes. Um, yes. But you know, I, I, we've said before, this <laughs> podcast is just going to devolve into care of magical <laughs> slash shippers. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, in case you didn't know by now, we're sort of invested in Slash. Yes. Um, but yeah. uh, but I <laughs> I don't apologise for this episode at all. I think 
oh, I'm I'm potentially excited to go and look at more fic and to to look at that particular fic in detail mm-hmm. um, because I I need it in my life. But yeah. these ideas, like I I hope that our listeners have enjoyed this sort of um, <laughs> sort of real time seminar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we need band names. We need a yeah. name for this museum. Um, how long has this been in the working? Like, we need, okay, we need character backstory. Like, please tell us, like, the motivations behind these characters we've yeah. created. Like, yeah, this is, um, oh, God, it's so, it's so good. Now I just see this fic. Like, this, this, in my head, this, this exists already, Nathan. Like, I can see this journey of these two Two poor lovesick boys split by war, war happening, lives happening separated. Then all of a sudden, after everything is said and done, they come back together at that beautiful moment. Uh, what it, now? I'm thinking now it's feeling very. You've got mail. Like what if he's yes. like been getting information and he doesn't know it's Lucius, and then finally when he discovers that it's Lucius, it's like. Oh, so oh. in this in this scenario, Lucius is Tom Hanks and yes. Arthur is Meg Ryan. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Oh, I, I buy that. Oh, please, yes. please, can can someone yes. write that fic? Like, we need. You've got mail. Au Arthur Lucius. Please. please. Oh, it would make me that. so happy. Yeah. <laughs> and if you if you write it, we'll do a whole episode on the on the fic that you produce. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Nathan will definitely podfic it. That's for oh, sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. And I yes. will. I'll work on doing my very best, uh, Lucius drawl for you. So. Oh, yes. Oh, that will be so much fun. Oh, well, this has been amazing. And I definitely yeah. feel like we definitely have to do that thick episode. So we're, we're we're hyping it up this whole time. <laughs> so it's probably most likely definitely going to happen. So keep mm-hmm. a lookout for that, whether it's next time or not. Um, yeah, that... It'll be uh, happening. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely happen because... It is it's as you say, Nathan, exactly what we were thinking of and wanted out of this ship. And I cannot wait to read that and hopefully get out of that. Slash go and write this <laughs> this museum fic. <laughs> like it's just that's not oh god. Oh god, someone please write this. Cause okay. I don't have time. All that free time we said that we don't have is still valid at this yes. very moment. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, like, why can there not be an eighth day in the week? Like, yes. you know, we 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 say we want eighth year stuff all the time. I just need an eighth day eighth in the week day where the week. I have time yep. to do these things. Um, but yes, but if any of you have any free time and you would like to <laughs> write these things for us, please, 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 please write and send them to us. We yes. need it. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And you're all so talented and you're beautiful, lovely people. And it would be great to feature your golden work. So thank you in advance. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, so as sad as I am to bring this episode to a close, hopefully we'll continue with the Arthur Lucius, or at least we will in, on our own, you know, in Telegram. That'll be super fun. Speaking of Telegram, we have yes. a Telegram. Care of Magical Shippers has a telegram. So at Care of Magical Shippers, you can message us directly. You can send oh my us voice. Goodness. You can send us voice messages. We can send you voice messages back. Um, it's 
Yeah. So, yes. Do, do, do that thing. I didn't know we were that interactive. We yes. that, I had no idea this was happening. Like, I, wow. I mean, I want to do that. Please yes. send me voice messages. Yes. Please, please do that thing. Oh. And I'm also sort of low-key thinking maybe we should do more workshopping slash ideas-based episodes in the future because this was really fun. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah. so, yeah, so you know how to get in touch with us on Twitter and Tumblr mm-hmm. and Insta and Gmail. You've got all those handles. Everything's in the description. But exactly. Yes, direct message us now on uh, Telegram, Telegram as well. I remember what it's called. Yeah, the thing. The thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sit for an oil portrait with me. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and next time do you next time what are we doing let's see (laughs) what are we we doing we don't know either a you'll see the probably the lucius arthur fic episode or i think what we're doing next is uh lily james severus Oh, I'm pretty Ooh, sure. Holly shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I'm more excited about doing now. See, yes. I love both of those <laughs> ideas. I just want to do everything. Like, yes. to be honest with you, listeners, if I could get away with just doing this for my entire life, I would right. be so happy. I'd yes. love to just do this. Um, <laughs> As it stands, we kind of have to adult and yeah, do all the things, exactly. which is really sad. But like, <laughs> tune in, tune in next time for yeah. whatever golden whatever it stuff with it, it is that we decide to do. <laughs> yes. And until then, look after yourselves, be kind mm-hmm. to one another, mm-hmm. and make magical mirth with your friends. While you're waiting for the next episode, all the shipping fun can continue online. You can head over to all of our social media platforms like Magical Ship Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Care of Magical Shippers on Tumblr. You can get in touch with us by email at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message with all of your ship and fic thoughts and feels and have the chance to be featured on a future pod episode. We are also live on Patreon. Patrons have access to early episodes, bonus content, extended uncut episodes with all of our nonsense, ficlets written by me, exclusive merch, and a patron discord. Another easy way to show your love for the pod is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening.